The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're here on the block, Austin Norman, Nick Sainert with you, uh, Megan Walker running the board. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to go to our Allo VIP line, Allo Fiber, where we understand the importance of important or the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We bring in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, hope you're doing well. Where are you at with this Nebraska football team about, you know, halfway through fall camp? Are you seeing more positive signs than negative signs? What's your general vibe from fall camp over these first 13, 14 practices? Uh, you know, somewhere in the middle, I think. It kind of reminds me a little bit of spring ball, uh, the spring games specifically, where, like, you could see kind of what they were going for and what it might look like here with a, more time for development and, and, and you know, culture setting in and things like that. But I think there's also a, a fairly healthy sort of uh, realism of like, you know, this is still a, a pretty young team, pretty new team. There's there are question marks. Uh, I've appreciated coaches when they've had the chance to really gush about their units have, have just kind of been like, you know, we like where we're going, but we still have a couple weeks where we need to get better in some areas. And so, you know, you can kind of <clears throat> break down what those different areas are, but I just think it's been a, a healthy sort of global view of where this program is. And I contrast that with maybe the last couple of years when you think about Nebraska, Illinois, Nebraska against Northwestern, like the the dialogue out of the team leading up to those games were like, wow, we need to get some momentum going. This is a huge game. And I feel like, uh, you know, right now as they're looking toward the opener, it's it's about Minnesota, but it's also about it's this is the first of twelve. Um, they, it, I think it's much more process oriented the conversations than they have been results based. And I think that's a healthy place for Nebraska to be. Is that just a product of having a new coach in place, or is that something that now the new coach and Matt Rule and his staff have made a concerted effort to make it about? Yeah, I think it's both. I think certainly that's something that Matt Rule and his staff have uh, emphasized. I mean, we've heard get 1% better every day, I don't know, 189 times at this point <laughs> through fall camp. So, like, it's clear that that's an emphasis. But I think it's also true that, you know, it's been a long time since Nebraska's had a winning record and uh, been playing meaningful football into November. So I think the temptation to talk about wins and losses isn't as great as it was five or six years ago because, you know, again, you've just been burned so many times and kind of beaten down by – the way that some of these seasons have gone, like I think there's a full embrace of this idea of, okay, let's strip this thing down. Let's start from the 
the beginning. Let's work towards something eventually. And if it doesn't come right away, um, you know, I think there's a little bit more patience and willingness to go through that process, however long it takes, um, and a little bit less sort of instant gratification um, just because of where the program is right now. Hey, Evan, what's up? It's it's Nick. I'm filling in for uh, Strick, so not not necessarily a professional athlete fill-in, but you know something <laughs> something somewhat close. Hey, so I'm going to try to keep this, this as short and as concise as possible, but um, one of the thoughts that I've kind of had over the last couple of, of days, especially now with the Xavier Betts news, is how important it's going to be for Nebraska, and we say it every year, to establish some type of running game, right? Because as we all can agree, you, you figure out a running game, it's going to open up maybe some some traditional play action options and then also take pressure off of Jeff Sims and those receivers to go out and make those plays that we saw Trey Palmer make so many times or Samari Toure the year before that makes so many times where, I mean, you saw the meme, it was just, uh, screw it, throw it up to <laughs> Trey Palmer. How important is it with Nebraska being a little thin, and Matt Rule talked, you know, lengthly yesterday about how he doesn't need the freshmen to come out and be, you know, rock stars in their first three or four games. How important does that make it that they figure out an established running game and maybe even a traditional play action type of offense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And and I think about what you mentioned with Matt Rule commenting on how Nebraska doesn't necessarily need its true freshman receivers to play. I thought one of the lines of fall camp he delivered shortly after that, which was you can't subcontract winning out to young players. And, man, I mean, when you think about some of Nebraska's struggles in recent years, uh, how many times did you kind of go into a fall camp at different positions and think, man, if this uh, true freshman or if this new guy could really step up, maybe that's the difference. And it, it's, this is a, a hard turn away from that notion to say, hey, you know, Malachi Coleman – he may be a very, very good player at Nebraska when his career is all said and done, but it might not happen right away. I think yeah. acknowledging that, taking some of that pressure off those freshmen, um, and then turning around and saying our older guys can play. We know uh, that we're going to rely on them. Like I think that gives them then a little bit of uh, you know extra ownership, a little bit of an extra motivation that this is their time. And I think Minnesota is the perfect opponent to really see that manifest right away, right? Because you're not talking about uh, sort of a, a, a spread, sort of um, more finesse type of team. I mean, you're talking about a, a team that is what it is. It's, it's going to dominate possession of the ball. It's going to do what it does. And so if you're Nebraska and you want to possess the ball more, as they have said that they do, then, yeah, you're going to have to uh, lean on that running game and maybe even more so because of the personnel situation where you're talking about relying a little bit more on uh, walk-ons at, at receiver outside of Billy Kemp and Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda. So the question then becomes like, okay, this is what they want to do. This is sort of the plan going in. But what does that look like on, you know, second and, and five or third and two? Like, do you have in those moments the confidence in your offensive line and the commitment to the run game to run Anthony Grant or run Gabe Irvin or, or Ramir Johnson or whomever into that line? Or do you sort of fall back on, okay, you know, let's let's run a little out route or, hey, let's run Jeff Sims, whatever it's going to be. So I, I think that's the most interesting part is the circumstances would tell you that it, it would make a lot of sense for Nebraska to run. History says they haven't been able to, so what happens now when, you know, the leather hits the grass, so to speak? Yeah. 
when you look at that wide receiver position specifically, I think there's been a lot of that boomer bust element. Do you think relying more on maybe these more unknown walk-ons instead of freshmen will get rid of some of the boomer bust element for maybe more consistency but lower the ceiling? Or are these guys that in walk-ons, again, who might not know exactly what they are and maybe they're just as good, if not better, and more ready? Well, I mean, we'll see, ultimately. Like, when you look at kind of the careers of Ty Han and, and Alex Bullock, like, those were guys who were shifty in high school. I mean, certainly they had the speed at that level to outrun guys and make plays, too. I don't know that that's the case at the college level where they'd be able to take the top off a of defense the way that Trey Palmer did or even Samore Toure did before that. Um, you know, I think in some ways they're probably – you know, variations of Billy Kemp who can kind of find pockets in the defense and, and shake loose and, and run crisp routes and are dependable and are tough, you know, all those sorts of things, which is what I think really hurts the most about losing Xavier Betts was he was sort of uh, different, differently gifted in that way. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago, just how he was able to outrun power five defenders and, and make big plays. It remains to be seen, I suppose, if Nebraska has that guy, on the roster, maybe it's Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. I mean, we saw a little bit of that in his four games that he played last year before he stepped away. So that's a possibility. And then, you know, again, even though you're not relying on those true freshmen, like you brought those guys in for a reason. I mean, Bryce Turner, Jalen Lloyd are legitimate burners. Malachi Coleman, the same thing. Yeah, Jaden Doss might be one of the most polished of that group. So, like, you have six scholarship players that are in there. If even one or two of them hit, by say midway through the season, something clicks and they're out there a little bit more. I think that can add to it as well. But I think to your to, to the previous point too, like uh, you have to know what your strengths and what your what your strengths are and what they are not on the team. And so, um, you know, if Nebraska wants to be a running team and circumstances are setting them up to be that, let's go out and see them do it and let's see how they do. We're speaking to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald on the Allo VIP line. And Evan, a couple more before we go ahead and let you go. I, I guess. Wide receiver is probably one of those positions that we can somewhat expect growing pains. Um, if you look elsewhere on the team, I mean, what position group do you kind of see or for, you know, expect that we're sitting there halfway through the season going, all right, there's been some younger guys that have needed to step up and, and you can tell that there's some younger guys there, some growing pains that they're going to have to, you know, in- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Endure from week one to, to week 11? I mean, I think it's got to be defensive line. I think that's the spot where you, you can see what the upside is, but you just don't have a lot of those proven bodies in there. I mean, other than Ty Robinson, 
who started, you know, 20-some games for Nebraska. I think Nash Hummacher started two, and then that's it in terms yeah. of anybody who started at the Power 5 level. So, like, you could see it with, say, someone like Elijah Judy, right? Like someone who, who got a handful of snaps with A&M. You could see it with, uh, you know, some of the true freshmen, certainly, uh, Cam Lenhart and Prince Will, Lumen Mielen. Like, those are guys that you could see it with. Lace Gunnarsson certainly looked the part when he spoke with, uh, you know, reporters last week. Uh, but he's never really been a kind of a hand in the ground sort of guy. He's always been an outside linebacker, edge rusher type. So what does that look like for him? You know, Kai Wallen had a really good junior college career, and now he's at Nebraska. So how does that translate? And I think longer term, you look at guys like Riley Van Poppel and and uh, you know Vincent Carroll Jackson, who I think have really high upside in in a couple of years, maybe after they have a chance to develop more physically, but. Uh, like that's just a group where you know if, if you're just kind of looking at it on paper, you're probably wondering what that's going to look like, just because there there isn't uh, really all that much of a proven commodity there. Um, but I do think internally they're uh, growing more comfortable with the guys that they have. They like um, what they've seen in practice, the physical attributes, all the rest, and 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 ultimately, like that's another one of those positions where. You just kind of don't know until you get into the grind necessarily what guys have. And so I, I think they feel like they've got a rotation of, you know, six or seven that they feel good about right now. And, and you know, there's no better way to kind of test that theory than uh, when the game starts uh, counting here in a couple of weeks. You heard from Josh Martin earlier this week. Did he mention any of those, you know, growing pains for him stepping into that role from special teams analyst? Or was it just kind of business as usual for him? What do you take away from hearing him speak? Well, I don't know if it was business as usual. I mean, he was—he spent the whole offseason getting ready to be special teams analyst and, and helping out with Ed Foley. And as we all know, two days before fall camp starts, he's promoted and elevated into this new position, uh, you know, with Bob Wagers uh, being cited for a DUI and re- resigning. So uh, and to hear him speak this week and to hear his other tight ends talk, like he essentially – crammed eight months worth of install into 48 hours and that's not to say that he had it everything down perfectly but you know marcus satterfield said a couple of weeks ago like maybe he would ask a question or two a day uh and otherwise was up to speed on the terminology and the concepts and everything else and so you know his his is a pretty interesting story because he had a, a similar situation uh, back in 2015 at Arizona State, he was set to be a grad assistant, and uh, circumstances arose in fall camp where he had to become a full-time assistant. Uh, he, he did it at SMU, and then uh, the staff there uh, had some turnover when, when their head coach went to TCU. So he actually spent last season as a high school coach, offensive coordinator at a small school in Texas. And so you can kind of hear the teacher in him as well. Like he's, he's a well-spoken guy offered up a couple of uh, anecdotal stories on his own unprompted, which isn't something that everybody's comfortable doing in some of these interview sessions that we have. So I think he's a guy who relates really well. He's, he's smart, he's driven. And, you know, I think it, it's a credit to Matt rule as well to say that they were prepared just in case something like this were to arise. They have a young up and coming guy who's ready to step in. And I think Josh Martin's when it's all said and done, it's going to be an asset for that offense this season. Last thing for you, Evan, before we let you go, Husker Baseball put out its fall baseball schedule uh, this week. 20 players coming back from last season, but 25 newcomers. If you look forward to those five games that they'll play, one against Omaha, one against Cloud County, and then the three-day Red-White Series, who are a couple of returnees that you're you're looking for in the fall, and then a couple of newcomers you're excited to get your eyes on? 
Well, yeah, it's, you know, just like last year, there's a lot of turnover going on there. I, I think, you know, of the returners, you look at guys who could be potential corner pieces offensively for what this team's going to be. I want to see if Gabe Swanson's kind of taking that next step. I mean, he was kind of a third amigo there behind Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews last year. Does he still look the part? I mean, do you see kind of that next step from Garrett Anglum and, and Dylan Carey and Josh Karen? Like those are guys who you're going to rely on a lot more if you're in Nebraska to produce now that two of your high draft picks are, are now professionals. So I think that's where I would start would be, offensively among the returners and I think I'd take it the other way among the newcomers I mean Nebraska's uh, resetting the vast majority of its pitching staff uh, outside of Will Walsh and Jackson Brockett who have been Sunday starters occasionally uh, in recent years like it's it's a it's a new look and so who do you have that can emerge uh, I mean all over the place who's your closer going to be now that Shea Shannon's gone who's your Friday night guy who what's your rotation look like at all? I'd like, we're going to get a, an early sense of that. Um, you know, I, I think they have a freshman coming in by the name of Tyner stone, who was really highly touted. And, uh, Rob Childress staying around as pitching coach was a big reason why he's here. Uh, you know, you can kind of go down the list. Rand Sanders is a, a UNO transfer, uh, who I think has a chance to be the closer potentially. Uh, and then a, another guy they have back, uh, Brett Sears, just tore it up in summer league and and oftentimes how a guy does in the summer is about the most predictive thing you can see with how they might do the following season so i'll be watching him too to see if maybe he could become you know a a workhorse on the weekends for nebraska as well but uh really at this point a lot more unknowns than there are knowns uh they they flipped a lot of this roster but i do think with the additions of of rob childress into an on-field role and then uh, Mike Sirianni is the new full-time assistant. They felt like they were able to add a lot of talent and, and maybe in terms of depth more than they had last year. Evan, I, I, I have to I have to apologize. We're going to keep you on one more because I thought of one while you were talking there um, regarding baseball. Lincoln East with an incredible yeah. run in the in the in the you know Legion World Series. What is what is a, uh, a an appearance and a performance like that? do for just the state of Nebraska on the national map, in the national eyes, for what kind of talent is here in the state? Obviously, Nebraska's coaching staff loves in-state talent. I mean, um, they have the last few years, and they've been, you know, obviously going going deep into Nebraska, whether that's the Omaha or Lincoln area for, for recruits. But, I mean, just on a national scale, I mean, does a does a, an appearance as simple as, you know, Lincoln East in the, in the World Series final do anything to – just put, hey, there's there's talent in Nebraska, especially in baseball. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that, what a run that they had. And I think the most amazing part of that was that three of their Division One commits on that team weren't even able to participate in the last couple of weekends because of some outdated rules that say when you go to recruiting showcases or other things, you can't come back. And so, I mean, they, they, they made that run without some of their best guys out there, which is really impressive. You know, I, I kind of zoom out, too, and look uh, just a little bit at how just the state of Nebraska has gotten so much better in terms of developing athletes in, in any sport. I mean, you think about some of the volleyball, in-state volleyball players that have come out. Uh, football is producing Power 5 recruits at a rate in the state that's really never been seen. Baseball has, I think, long been sort of a, uh, you know, under under the radar sort of sport in terms of the talent that it produces and so i think it's sort of this intersection of you have more uh, you know support structures and training centers for athletes mixed with 
the the advent of of you know huddle tapes and technology that really is able to put um, put out there what these guys are doing. And so I think you add all that up, and yeah, I mean it's uh, this run that Lincoln East made is just another reminder that uh, there is a ton of talent in the state and. When you're, if, if your goal as Nebraska is to start building a program from in the state and then you work your way out, like that's that's not a bad proposition. I mean, I think it, it gets better every year that you goes by when you start seeing, you know, half a dozen guys getting SEC looks or offers. Um, you know, I, I think there's a recognition within the industry that the state of Nebraska does produce a lot of high end baseball talent, um, and, and something like what Lincoln Eastus did, I think, is a reminder more to the casual fan. Uh, that you don't have to go always to the warmer weather states to find some top-notch talent in that sport. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us. Evan, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll uh, look forward to continuing to read your stuff during fall camp and into the season. Thanks again, Evan. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya. Evan Bland with us on our VIP line presented by Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Uh, to wrap up the hour, Nick, we got a question. What's the bets news? Let's just recap some Husker fall headlines for those that aren't in our bubble, that aren't uh, consistent listeners to 93.7 The Ticket. We'll dive a little bit more into fall camp headlines to round out the hour next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.